This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. What is it good for increasing domestic manufacturing? Now, why why do I have a Bo Burnham joke delivered in a much worse tone and not nearly as funny? Well, because war is actually really good for domestic manufacturing. And the Raptors are manufacturing domestically a lot of players that I think a lot of teams in the league will really like. Norman Powell has to be, along with Kyle Lowry, on the Raptors reside the two hottest trade chips in the NBA. No doubt about it, in my mind. And you know what? I'm not saying I want either of them traded. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the Raptors have to look really, really attractive to other teams in the league. Like, oh my God, how do we get those guys away from there? I'm saying there's silver linings to take from these losses. And yes, the Raptors did lose again. Yeah, and here's the thing. Pascal was back. Fred was back. Fred told everybody that he had COVID. He said he had a really bad couple of days, said he can still feel it. And Pascal hasn't disclosed that information. And Fred said he just wanted to speak for himself. So as far as we know, just Fred, but Pascal and OG out for equivalent amount of time or longer in the case of OG, Flynn, etc. So... There's obviously, COVID has been a super big deal. And those guys came back from it tonight, Pascal and Fred, neither putting in a very, very good performance offensively, although you could tell they helped with the integrity of the Raptors' defense. It was, it was a super big deal. They defended a lot better tonight than they had in recent games, and the offense was still a bit of a problem because, you know, even though Fred and Pascal are back, the shot-making isn't all the way there. And that's understandable because Fred, for sure, coming off of COVID, uh, if I was betting, if I was a betting man, I would say Pascal was as well or is as well. And so still up against it. But holy moly, did Norman Powell carry the team? It was insanity the way he was scoring the ball. Start of the game, end of the game, just dialing in from downtown. The amount of sharpshootering that he was able to provide. And like, here's the thing, 14 of 18 from the field, 
43 points, zero assists. If that ball touched his hands, it was going from his hand to the twine, to the hoop. Nowhere in between, not to another player, rarely to the hardwood and then back up into his hands, but occasionally he was just scoring. Like Michael Jordan, but without the passing. Kobe Bryant, like he just got the ball and was like, I'm shooting it. And it went in. Well, like 14 of 18, almost 80% of the time. He missed a couple free throws late. That's not great. Uh, Never has been, never will be. And he did at the end of the Hawks game too. But can you really blame him? Of course you can, but the Raptors didn't lose this game because Norm isn't hitting free throws. I mean, he scored 43 points on nearly 80% shooting. The Raptors lost this game because they didn't have significant enough offensive punch from the rest of the roster. And occasionally, they lost DeLon Wright going downhill. And then when they overloaded and started pinching in because he was putting guards in jail, he was finding guys like Sadiq Bey behind the three-point line. That stuff was a problem. And they couldn't rebound to save their lives. I think Pascal Siakam, for example, it would matter a lot that he's coming off of a sickness like COVID and going to bang around with a guy like, you know, Isaiah Stewart, who is just a beast of a human being. He is so strong. And same with Mason Plumley. Big guys who throw their weight around, I would say, sufficiently. I think the Raptors got out-rebounded 54 to 30. They only had three rebounds after the first quarter was up. Weird game. But that is what the Raptors team, that's what their situation engenders in these situations, is that it's going to be weird because this season is so hellish and up and down that they've been robbed of all momentum, and now they have to try and recapture it. But with people coming back from illnesses that affect lung capacity, okay, that's that's tough. Like, I hope these guys recover to, like, so that they're perfectly fine afterwards. There's, there's a lot of considerations here. And the Raptors, in the midst of it all, they, they lost a basketball game, 116-112. to 112. And heroics early on by Norm and heroics late almost helped them steal the game away. But they were not able to get there. Okay, so let's go over the good stuff early. Norm obviously shot the lights out, was super, super effective as the primary initiator and as a tertiary option, blending the two, I think, spectacularly. You don't have to get any assists when you score 80% of (laughs) when you shoot 80% from the field and pour in 43, a career high. You don't have to pass the ball when you're that efficient. If there was a guy who came into the league and just, let's say, a genie poofed him out of the air and there were certain terms and conditions that came with him, and the terms were, he will not get you an assist, not at all but he will give you 43 points on 80% shooting every game. I think a lot of teams would take that player. Now, I mean, maybe, (laughs) okay, this is dumb. Yes, Kyle Lowry, who Baron Davis famously a couple days ago was on a podcast and said that he was not the playmaker on the Kyle Lowry-Kawhi Leonard championship winning Raptors, citing the first Uh, four minutes maybe of the game six of the NBA finals where Kyle Lowry scored the first 11 points and saying he's a scoring guard and saying that he can't play make Uh, really funny because I think Kyle is probably averaging nearly 10 assists since the all-star break. Uh, Anthony Doyle, big shout out. I think that he put it on Twitter that he's averaging nearly 22.3 potential assists. And I think he's has a really low, uh, 
conversion rate. I think usually guys are sitting around like 60%. Teams can usually give you 60%. But Lowry, obviously, at that point, sitting at less than 50, which is tough. Even closer to 40 than 50 by those numbers. But anyway, Lowry's a great playmaker. There's just been kind of this comedic dialogue because Baron Davis decided to say that Lowry doesn't playmake. And then the natural response, obviously, is, oh, you don't watch any of the Raptors games. In fact, you may not have watched a Raptor game since the first four minutes of the finals game six. And since he had 10 assists that game, perhaps you didn't watch anything beyond that. And I might even go so far as to say you didn't watch any of the finals prior to that. You've seen four minutes of Kyle Lowry's basketball career, Bron Davis, and you've decided to speak about him. Interesting take, Mr. Davis. But regardless, Bron is cool. That dunk and the lift the shirt up. Like, I think everybody remembers that. He gets that dunk when he was at Golden State. And then the jersey comes up, exposing his belly, part of his chest. It, huge move. Awesome. He, he's just got a lot of sauce, that dude. But anyway, Lowry's playmaking, enormous scoring. Those two things have been fairly consistent since the Raptors have been put in this undesirable situation with all of the COVID protocol. And Chris Boucher continues to... It's been less from three-point land since he started to play with Lowry more which makes a ton of sense because Lowry, the angles he takes in the pick and roll, he's typically able to create that pocket pass for the the rim runner. And Boucher, not only in the half court, but in transition as well, showing a lot of value with his ability to put pressure on the rim. And the Raptors really need that. And despite him not being able to compete on the defensive glass, I would say is, you know, I don't think that's too rough on Boucher. He's just not competing on the defensive glass at a level that he should be able to. And the Raptors feel that there's, there's the good and the bad with his game currently. And you know, the good outweighs the bad, but when the Raptors roster has so many holes currently and Pascal and Fred aren't bringing their full selves, which is understandable as well. The, the holes in Boucher's games defensively or, offensively when they do come they they're a little bit brighter whole brighter yeah sure that works Sam keep talking anyway but yes Paul Watson Jr. hit a pull-up three it was only his, his first basket of the game and his only uh the defense continues to be a thing that I think he's quite good at I like Paul Watson Jr. on defense a lot the range the compete level those arms and uh not so bad on ball either the Raptors I think really really they like team defenders, as they should. And a lot of guys lean that way towards the back end of the roster. Yuta, Paul Watson Jr., Bembry, and I would say Stanley. His strengths lean more towards one-on-one play, but he's he's no slouch defensively when it comes to team defense either. But yeah, Raptors, they've got defenders. Paul Watson, he stands out in that regard. And they continue to do their thing but they don't have a lot of offensive creators towards the back end of the roster. This is something that there's been a lot of, what's the term, consternation about, worry, uh, the people who are projecting the Raptors into the future, and I think would also fall into the the trade norm camp, perhaps, or the, the more forward thinking, or presumably that's, you know, they want draft picks for the future, et cetera, assets, all that kind of stuff. And... Those people are like, we need to get some an infusion of young talent who can work on ball, who shore up some of the deficiencies that will probably hang around on the roster. And it gives you more roster flexibility going forward and some young players to watch develop who probably, I would assume, will not give you the same offensive output as Norm. 
actually, I would almost bet my life that they don't. But with how bad of a team defender Norm is, and, you know, sometimes he can be okay on ball, depending on how locked in he is, they think that maybe it's like an overall benefit. But that's that's that camp, and that's, you know, that line of thinking. And then there's obviously keep Norm, because he gives you, I think, what was it? This is his sixth 30-plus performance in the last month of games played. And tonight, 43, just insane efficiency, and he keeps doing his thing. So I respect either camp. They do their thing. But yeah, Norm, Kyle, Boucher, you know, a little bit of Watson, but it's still very muted games because there's such a heavy creation burden on Norm and Kyle. And like Fred in this one, he just didn't have the same pop offensively. Lowry and Fred both shot 2 of 13 from the floor. Pascal was at 3 of 11. When you have, what what does that equal, 37? 7 of 37 from those three guys. It's really tough to compete with a team offensively. And the Pistons, they closed out the game. Credit to them. Hit free throws. Jeremy Grant hit a pretty cold step back jumper on Kyle. Really well defended by Kyle, but Jeremy, he kind of has that Michael Jordan thing going on with how he controls the ball with one hand. And it's interesting, but it helped them on that last possession. And credit to the Raptors for getting that close at the end of the game. And, you know, some defensive wizardry, I think. Like Sadiq Bey, they pulled out the box and one on him and had Norm chasing him. What an interesting thing to do. Just, it's it's come from that that final series, right? Is that they have the box and one very famously on Steph Curry. All the pundits, all the former coaches are like, this is, you know, such a janky defense. And it happened a couple times in this game, actually. I think in the second quarter and at the start of the fourth, I believe, the Raptors pull it out and they just, okay, this is how we're going to run it. This is what we're going to do. And it's that adaptability that can steal you some defensive possessions during the game. And that is coaching. That is where coaching shows up, definitely, is how they have practiced that defense when it's utilized. You know, a lot of teams go zone uh, on after timeout sets just to kind of really throw everything out of funk because players, they, they assume they have a guy and they know how they're going to run a set and they're going to run it this way. But if a team throws zone, then the points of contact you're hitting throughout that set just completely change. And that's, you know, that's a common thing. But the Raptors are doing this in live action. And I think that's impressive. I like that a lot. But it wasn't enough in this game. And I wouldn't blame the defense. I thought the defense was much improved, as I said at the top. And credit to the the Pistons for playing a really good game offensively because Dolan Wright had a really nice game. Showed off all the stuff that Raptors fans viewed him as being able to be the next point guard who backs up Kyle Lowry before Fred came out of the G League and came and started doing his thing. DeLon was supposed to be the backup point guard who could give you spot minutes as a starter and maybe play up with Kyle and bench units and stuff like that. He put guys in jail. He had that playmaking bent, really smart downhill decision-making, was pretty good defensively at the point of attack, long those rear view contests he has. And that was good. And the creation was good. And Mason Plumley still doing his thing. It's he's a, he's an impressive player. I think he's he was underrated. A lot of people laughed at what contract he got this year, but it was probably close to what he's actually valued at. And 
he's he's a good center and he punished the Raptors in a lot of ways that the Raptors were not able to fight back with because if you go with Baines, yes, he's going to be able to muscle around with Pumley, but that offense is just going to be tough. And yes, you can try and do both, but then who's not playing of Siakam, Fred, Norm, whoever else, right? And then you take into account that there was supposed to be a minutes limit on Fred and Pascal. And perhaps there was, right? Because Fred usually plays more than 32. Pascal plays more than 30, usually. But that's like a lot, it seems like. But also not as much as normally. So a minutes limit, usually you're thinking of a guy isn't going over 25 or maybe isn't going over 12 or something like that. It's really slow. But, you know, the Raptors, they like to play their guys heavy minutes. We've known all of this, but... Man, the Raptors, it didn't seem like they were ever going to get this game. The offensive punch is just not there. The Pistons, they stayed in the shell of their defense for as long as they could. They made guys like Pascal and Fred try and create against them. They they just didn't have it tonight, and that's okay. That's what more could you want from those guys? The incumbents, Kyle, sure the 2 of 13 is a little bit stinky, but 15 assists is no joke. Norm, the 43 points. And then you have guys like Boucher and Baines trying to shore up the front court and see if they can swing a position or swing, you know, some minutes for you in the game. But it didn't come to fruition. Baines was was definitely the the positive as far as like how how they matched up with the Pistons in this one. And so this was a game that I thought was tough for Nurse because Boucher you want to roll with because he helps out the offense. But Baines very clearly helps out the defense. And he really helps you from getting kind of bashed down low all the time. But it's uh, they just didn't have it against the Pistons tonight. And it's been a really tough year. I, I empathize with what they're going through. I really do because they had it rolling and then COVID just completely wiped them out. And we're getting really close to the trade deadline here. And what I talked about at the start with Kyle and Norm being very, very attractive to other teams. And there's a lot of teams that are looking to upgrade this year. And I'm sure the the asking price is probably really, really high. And the the Raptors, I don't think they'd make a poor decision in a trade that doesn't seem like Masai or Bobby's style. And make of it what you will, their free agent decisions or drafting decisions, whatever you think of it. I don't think there's a trade they've been fleeced on. And yeah, it's tough because the Raptors were on a roll. Nine and three over the last 12 heading into this COVID debacle and now just losing a bunch of games in a row. I think six losses in a row. Tough look, but okay. Reggie Evans Award. I'm giving this to Kyle. Thought he worked really hard in this game. Continues to grab and go. The defensive rebounding, I think, is a, a super huge deal. And he can sneak in for those offensive rebounds, too. He had the ball in his hands a lot. Just continued to work and rotate the Pistons' defense if he could to create for others. He just put in a lot of work in this game. And I think it is deserving of the Reggie Evans Award. The vaunted award that everybody is uh, very happy and interested to find out. Okay, top quick reaction comment is from Andrew. Quote, I've never smiled so much after a loss to a last place team. Great to see Fred and Pascal back, end quote. Agreed. Both champions with the Raptors. Both absolutely vital to what the Raptors want to do defensively and offensively and personality-wise. Really two big pillars of the Raptors and 
not having them there for a long time, it sucks, especially because teams usually don't have so many guys out at once and so many pivotal guys like OG is still out. And it's it's tough to wade through the season like that. But the Raptors have been trying to do so. And it's it's a lot more fun when Pascal and Fred are back in tow and hopefully OG, Flynn, McCaw, whoever soon. Right. And then hopefully Bembry will find some utility as well, sliding in with those guys, because I think the Raptors figured out very, very clear at this point that Bembry is not an on-ball guy. I, I've known this. Most people have known this. But the Raptors had to do their due diligence with that short bench, see what he looked like on ball, see if there's a little bit more potential there. But he's very clearly like a fourth or fifth guy. And so the more people who come back, I think Yuta, Bembry, guys like that will start to pick up a little bit because they're dependent on shot creators to some degree and spacing. So... Interesting stuff, but thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it, whether you got into it in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.